0: Welcome to the New Till Farmer podcast, brought to you by Yetter Farm Equipment. I'm lead content editor Brian O'Connor. On this week's episode of the podcast, Associate Editor Noah Newman speaks to Jared Kenny of Amherst, Nebraska. Kenny harvested about 322 bushels per acre in 2021, good enough for second place in the National Corn Growers Association's irrigated no-till category for Nebraska in the annual yield contest. Kenny credits Balanced Expert Advice and Precision Technology for his performance. Here's Noah's conversation with Jared.
1: Jared, Kenny, thanks for joining us today. Before we get into the uh, nitty-gritty of your operation, just kind of introduce yourself to our audience, tell us where you're located, and give us the basics of your operation. Um...
2: Located on a family farm here in central Nebraska, uh, right outside of Amherst, Nebraska. I'm kind of just up in the hills out of the Platte River Valley and been back on the operation for, oh, it's 12 years now. Went to school in Lincoln and came back to the family farm and joined my dad and brother on the farm operation where we have corn, beans, we plant a little wheat. Um, we also have some cows, that have a cow-calf operation as well.
1: Looking at the numbers from uh, this past year, 321 bushels, that put you in the top three in the no-till irrigated category in Nebraska. National average is 177 bushels per acre, so you nearly doubled that. J- just what was what was the key to that yield, and what do you attribute it to?
2: Oh, well, I guess a lot of it comes with the technology that we get these days with uh, the hybrids and the ability to uh, irrigate out here. We have the aquifer that's a... a be able to pump water whenever we need it, and crucial times to irrigate is probably the most important. And then uh, the long-term stability of the soils and just maintaining the soil to the point where it uh, can produce the crops and give us what we need to get those high yields every year.
1: Now, was this the best year you had, or have you had one that topped this ever?
2: You know, the last as a as a whole across the whole operation, I don't know if it was quite the top year. The last couple of years have been one and two, um, but as a whole. Across the whole operation, we were very pleased with the irrigated and the, the dry land yields we had.
1: And throughout this entire process, is there anything specifically you've learned about your land or or land's potential? And just what's been your biggest takeaway?
2: Biggest takeaway, I would say, is every year's is different. Um, you could do the same thing year over year and have a different yield on a, the same field every time you didn't change one thing. Um biggest thing is just managing it throughout the year changing your practices wherever you see fit get that yield that you're going for
1: here's a question for you so over the last three years in what area would you say maybe you push the envelope the most on anything come to mind
2: i'd say our corn yields the last uh, few years have just really pushed the envelope on uh between the hybrids and i think we'd get a very favorable growing season uh, compared to some of them in the past where we're very dry. We get some rains here and there to get the dry land where we need it. And then the, those hot, dry July, August where we're able to put a good amount of water on really helps to grow that corn and give us that extra bushel that we need.
1: Let's talk about equipment. Is there anything you've done different recently uh, with equipment setups or or what's your equipment look like?
2: You know, we're always updating the planters. Um, we, we do quite a bit of uh, update on the planters every year. We run a lot of precision stuff on our planters to be more accurate on the seed placement depth, making sure we're putting that seed in a good seed bed and accurate depth. So we get good, even emergence and the emergence is probably the key is getting everything out. And with the no-till, if you don't have the right equipment to move the trash, it makes it. Very uneven emergence when you're coming out of the soil, and that just hurts your yield at the end of the year.
1: And what kind of planter do you use? And have you had the same one for a while? Or? Um,
2: we've got a John Deere 1770 24 row that we run. Um, and this is the second year with it. So then we plant our beans in a 15 inch no till situation there. So we can, our goal with the beans is to get a better cover to preserve some moisture in the soil and uh, get a little faster shade on the weeds, get the weed barrier going a little sooner.
1: So what does your uh, nutrient management plan look like for your high yielding corn?
2: To be honest, we treat our corn growers plots exactly like I'd treat any other acre. Um, that was That field in general was probably one of our better yielding fields that I've ever had. Um, we averaged over 300 bushels across the whole field. It's the first time we would actually done that. But when I'm looking at a corn grower's plot, I want to be able to replicate that across the rest of my acres too. So if we can do that on a corn grower's plot, we try to do that across all the acres. Because if we can still be profitable on a nutrient management side of it and grow that kind of crop, that's what we're after.
1: And do you, do you use any micronutrients?
2: We haven't done too much on the micronutrients side of things. Gotcha, gotcha. How many acres was the award-winning plot? Well, I think we we harvested, uh, it's like five acres that we did it on. Um, Is We did two different plots, and both of them were within two bushels of each other of that uh, 321 number. I think the other one came in at like 319.
1: Gotcha. So, yeah, just kind of take us through your process in terms of uh... – you know, when you're applying the nutrients and, you know, side dressing, all that, just kind of give us the uh, the basics of when you start and then throughout the entire process.
2: Yeah, when we're planting, we just, uh, um, I guess, pre-plant, we use a coulter machine, go out, put some nitrogen on, 32 is what we use through uh, the coulter machine, which is set up on 15-inch rows, so we can spread out that nitrogen a little bit, so it's readily available throughout the year. And then uh for the planter, we just put uh 10340 starter fertilizer through in furrow with it. And then we put on anywhere from two to three applications, 20 to 30 gallons an acre worth of 32 uh through the pivots to kind of spoon feed that crop throughout the year, then once we get through about this time of year, then we do put some uh and then uh fungicide aerial application through that and to help it get some stay green at the end of the year and the standability and take care of the diseases it just kind of depends which type we put on if we put a preventative on if there's not much uh, disease out there and if there's some disease starting in the pivots we'll uh, put some fungicide they'll take care of the disease right away
1: So how many years have you been no-tilling and how did you get into it? Uh, Who are some of your biggest influences in that department?
2: I think we've, ever since I've even remember, we've been trying to no-till as much as we can. Um, Our biggest thing is most of our ground's in the hills. And when you get a big rain in our hills, it creates big washouts and it doesn't make it conducive to growing good crops or harvesting or any of the above. So that's kind of, I would guess, over the years, we just been no-tilling for that fact to try to keep the soil structure and not disturb the soil and keep it on the side hills instead of having it wash away on us.
0: We'll get back to Noah's talk with Jared Kenny in a moment. First, I want to thank our sponsor, Yetter Farm Equipment. Yetter Farm Equipment is your answer for success in the face of ever-changing production agriculture challenges. Yetter offers a full lineup of planter attachments designed to perform in varying planting conditions. Yetter products maximize your inputs, save you time, and deliver return on your investment. Visit them at yetterco.com. And now, back to Noah and Jared.
1: What are the absolute truths about no-till? Like, what, What's key to making the no-till system work for you?
2: Um, residue management is probably the hardest side of things. Um, we, we run cows on a lot of our stocks to help clean up some of the stocks and uh, just being able to get through those stocks and planting. Um, but when it comes to a truth, I mean, like this year in Nebraska, it's been kind of up and down. We started off probably the driest we've ever been. And since 2012, and uh, you go around and you can see which fields were no-tilled, which ones were strip-tilled. On those dryland corners, or even dryland fields, or conventionally tilled fields, are completely burned up, and they're not going to make any corn. And you can see a no-till field across the road is looks way better than it should for as dry as we have.
1: Have you tried using cover crops or anything? Dabbled in that no. at all? Or?
2: Yeah, we do uh, pretty much every acre we can with uh, that. We cut beans off after harvest. We go in and plant a, just a wheat cover crop on it. Um, cover crops have help sustain that moisture, give us a little extra nutrients at the beginning of the year. But uh, another added benefit is the, the weeds are such an issue these days is holding back the weeds with a little cover on the ground and keeping that soil growing as many months out of the year as possible keeps that soil alive and gets you better soil structure and nutritional value there when it comes to actually growing the crop.
1: Yeah, it seems like cover crop usage has really taken off over the past decade in America. W- when did you start using cover crops?
2: It's probably been three or four years that we've been doing it. Um, and I think the last couple of years we've been doing more and more just because we've seen the benefits and and another benefit is, you know, the erosion control on some of our, our hills. It just really holds, holds that soil structure and keeps it in a better place. Even if you do need to work in some of those washouts or something at harvest, after harvest, you can go back through and then get your cover crop in there and get something, some roots in there to establish a little structure to hold that soil together.
1: What species have you tried in the past three years and any new ones you're looking at trying or?
2: On the, the cover crop? Yeah. Well, mostly we used to use wheat um, is what we use. We have done a little rye here and there. Um, it's probably been three years ago. We we had a mixture of turnips, radishes, triticale. Um, we just tried that and to, to have a little better uh, cattle grazing in the fall and possibly in the spring.
1: And then what are your termination methods? Have you tried planting green or anything?
2: Done both. Um, only sh- – only struggle I've found on uh, planting green is I did I did one of my other fields this year. It was pretty green it probably was a little taller than I wanted it to get just because we had a little rain but it the uh, hardest part is getting a good soil to seed to soil contact when you have that much green and be able to punch through it and then get it closed because if it's wet it just doesn't like to dry when there's a big shaded area underneath there. You just don't get much sunlight to the to the ground if you're trying to plant it into wet soil. So getting that seed trench closed and is probably the hardest I've noticed when it comes to planting in the green.
1: So you didn't plant green for the for the high yielding plot, did you?
2: Or- no, we did not.
1: Gotcha. Well we like to ask this to a lot of people we interview is uh, what's unique what, what's unique about you from other no tillers, planting speeds, tissue sampling, uh, Y-drops, new products tested, anything unique that you could think of when it comes to your operation?
2: No, I, I don't know if there's anything unique um, that we, we try to do. I wouldn't say we're trying every new product there is, but we try to stay on the front end of the technology side. So we do have the latest and, and best technology there is to get the best possible scenario to grow the best crop.
1: So looking ahead to 2023 and 2024, anything new you're looking to try or something that has caught your eye?
2: I think we're going to continue to expand on the the cover crop um, side of things. We've we've even talked about some of our fields using an aerial applicator to spread some seed on some corn acres before harvest and run the pivot around a few times to try to get some uh, cover crop established in the corn. But uh, that's, that's one thing we've kind of looked at. Uh, it's just a matter of if it's economical to do and, and see the benefits of what you're doing.
1: Uh, someone once told me that uh, you learn more from mistakes than successes. So thinking about that, can you think of anything you've done over the years that was uh, maybe a big mistake and you really learned from or anything along those lines?
2: Um, biggest mistake is, I would say is when you're planting, planting is what puts the grain in the bin. Um, if you're not taking the time to find the right seed depth, get, get out of the tractor, do some digging, figure out where that seed is. If you have the right spacing, um, if you're getting a good close on that track, that's probably the most crucial part of the year. And the biggest mistake you'd say is, going out and planting a field that's too wet or too dry. Like this year, we started off and we went into some of our no-till fields and we couldn't even get the planter to go on the ground. I mean, we just, as much pressure as you could put on the machine, you couldn't get it to go to the seed depth you wanted. And so we pulled the planters out of the field and went, uh, started a bunch of pivots and made a circle around them, put some moisture in the soil, and it was just day and night. So I think not getting a rush when it comes to planting is, there's been times we've said it's time to go and we just went and you see that outcome at the end of the year when it comes to yield if you're not planting into the right conditions it really hurts you at the end of the year
1: uh you mentioned the fungicide earlier but uh what other weed insect and
2: disease control methods do you apply every year is different and it seems like things are changing with the weeds with the resistance um you have to be very vigilant in changing your m- modes of action to uh continue to change. So you have some kill on those weeds and there's still some that you still struggle every year. So that's, that's biggest challenge we've seen is just making sure you're rotating through things, getting timing is almost as important as what you're spraying on this year or any other year is if you don't catch the weeds at the right time, they get too big. You just can't do anything about them.
1: So what crop did you grow uh, the year before your high yield?
2: There were soybeans on that field.
1: Gotcha. So, gotcha. Are, are you using any, any biologicals or? No
2: biologicals or any of that yet.
1: Gotcha. Well, I think that's all the questions I have for you. Anything else you'd like to add or or let people know about your operation or key to your success?
2: No, I guess key to success is, you know, uh, listen to the, the experts that we send out in the fields would be the agronomists and the seed guys and, and the agronomist goes around and lets us know where the, the, moisture is, how much we have out there, helps us, uh, give us the ability to know when we should be watered, when we shouldn't be watering. Uh, a lot of, you know, some guys don't have that luxury of being able to go turn a pivot on when your crop's short on water. And for us, that's a, a deal breaker when it comes to this time of year when it's hot and dry for two weeks straight and you don't catch any rains. So it really makes the, the difference on being able to grow a crop.
0: that's it for this week's episode we'd like to again thank our sponsor Yetter farm equipment for helping to make this no-till podcast series possible if you like today's discussion the full take on jared kennedy's approach to high yielding no-till corn is available on our website as part of the no-till corn pushing the boundaries of yield potential special report it's all about no-tillers who participate in and win the ncga annual yield contest Just visit our store tab for a description and to consider purchase. A link can also be found in this episode's webpage. More podcasts about no-till farming are available over at no-tillfarmer.com slash podcasts. A transcript of this episode will be available there shortly. Subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. Today is my last day as a podcaster and editor for No-Till Farmer, I've enjoyed my time here immensely, and no matter who you are, if I met you at the National No-Tillage Conference or out and about, I'm glad I met you. I'd like to give special thanks to Frank and Mike Lesseter, Julia Gerlach, Michaela Pauchner, Noah Newman, and Sarah Hill, and my producer, Joe Quinzel for helping me along my podcast journey. And, of course, all the staff here at No-Till Farmer for making me a better editor. It's been a great run, guys. You can also keep up on the latest no-till farming news by registering online for our No-Till Insider daily and weekly email updates and Dryland No-Tiller e-newsletter. And be sure to follow us on Facebook or Twitter. For our entire staff here at No-Till Farmer, I'm Lead Content Editor Brian O'Connor. Thanks for listening, and keep it no-till.